The year was 2020. Two fine lads decided that it was their duty to talk about movies during this unprecedented event. What they said was shocking. What they heard was even shocking-er. But what they had to say may stun you. For this isn't just any radio show. This is a show where two guys with two thumbs need to express themselves because they got nothing better else to do. We have in, uh, uh, we have today for you, Zachary Ferguson. Oh, hey everybody! Hi, and his and his uh is whatever they call it. Uh, what's your name, sir? We can't read. My the, name is the card. What's how do you pronounce this? It's pronounced. Um, I know it's the 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 two Q's are silent. Um, but it's pronounced Sam. Mm. Um, and believe it or not, my last name is also Ferguson. Whoa, relationships? Are you guys in a relationship? Do you want to get into a relationship? <laughs> no, no. I don't, is, I don't... This, is this guy Zach Ferguson in you? Are you guys in a relationship? Yes, we are <laughs> uh, by blood, if you will. Um, we technically are in a relationship. It's called brother and uh, brothers. <laughs> brother and brother. All right. Well, these mm. are two thumbs undecided. Take it away, boys. All right. Cool. I think we should fire that announcer. Yeah, he's a little weird. He sounds a lot like me. Yeah, I know. Sexy. That's why I think we should fire him. Because we already have... People might get confused and think that you're just saying... He's actually a woman, but... What are you, oh. What are you going to do? I, yeah. I JK Rowlinged it. Yes, you did. Well, <laughs> if you JK Rowlinged it, you would also try to defend yourself for being transphobic. And then and then write a manifesto. Yeah. And then getting, cancel culture. And then Stephen King will uh, accidentally retweet one of your hate um, <laughs> underlying hate speeches, and then you'll call out like saying, "I love Stephen King," and then he'll say, "You stink." <laughs> when he realizes what he. Well, retweeted. no, I mean, okay. Well, now we're getting into news. Yes. Well, th- this uh, is he old didn't news. say. He didn't say. Well, I think. In Twitter news, Twitter news goes fast. So I think this only happened not that long ago. Really? It felt like forever ago. Well, he didn't say, I hate you, to J.K. Rowling. No, he said, I, mean, he, all he said I was, disagree with you, but I also think no one should make that fun people, of you. people shouldn't be as harsh to you as they are being. Because they're friends. They're writing friends. They're yeah, writing they hang buddies. A, yeah. It's like uh, if a contemporary, say a... Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, you know, I, I always wonder about that. I mean, people really did shut down Harvey Weinstein because I think overall he's just a monster. Mm-hmm. Like if, I mean, overall, I think people just hated him. Mm-hmm. But like, say something really devastating happened, like uh, like that woman who uh, cheated her uh, her daughter into college. I imagine oh, yeah. she's like. She's probably a little canceled for the time. And by cancel, I mean she's in jail. But I imagine Hollywood is like, eh, you know, whatever. We're we're rich and famous. It's like an incentive. Yeah. Once you're in this club, like the, the, the author's club or the film club, really any – once you're with your, like, with your cult – like, with your group, you know, kind of like if you're a book writer or a filmmaker – um, I feel like it becomes a little incestuous, unless you're one of those weirdos who uh, well, go off. It, the it woods. is crazy how like, um, insular celebrity culture is. I mean, I've I've gotten 
Yeah, I mean, it's like insular how any like you got a wealthy whiff of it. people are. Just a whiff of the being around wealthy people, how it, it reminds me of American Psycho. Mm. Like how um, it begins with um, him yeah. talking, like saying like, what we here's what we need to do to like form a better society. And whatever his name is. What's his name? Patrick Bateman? Yeah, Patrick Bateman. Yeah, right off the block. Goes into this whole Diatrag. Diatrad. I love that. Diatrad. It's a it's another term for like a mon- monologue, a diatrad. Yeah, but he goes into a whole diatrad about how like we need to and he like names off all these very like both liberal and concert like it seems like a really well thought out idea. Hmm. And they're really good at naming things and saying this is what we have to do and he says like we need to give better rights to women while also um I, I don't know. It's like he has like this whole list prepared to go. But he's a psychopath. Like, I just feel like, you know, uh, so, a lot of these wealthy... I mean, obviously, that's like an extreme. But I think a lot of these wealthy people, they, they know what to say. And they know... Well, maybe not J.K. Rowling. But they know what to say. And they know, like, <laughs> they they can talk themselves out of it. I think you're, I, but, I think you're thinking, like, business people. Like, I mean, I think the business world is a whole nother incestuous... I think it's, I think it's the same... Stop saying incestuous. I think incestuous is not the right word. All right. Anyways, let's get off of this J.K. Rowling fix. I know. I love let's her so. Talk about well, some other news. news. Do you have any other news going on? Not really. So I I will say that uh, currently. So today is we're recording this on a Saturday morning. Well, it's almost afternoon, and uh, currently for the last four days, I've uh, hidden myself away in a hotel room. I won't say where because I may want to use this again. Um, but I've been hit, I've hit oh, my. Think everyone's gonna storm. No, but place. you know, I, I gotta say, even though nobody really cares, what happens one day, say ten years from now, I still use this place because it's mm. so insulated, and maybe people will want to attack. I, you never know. I always want to prepare uh, for the the worst. Anyways, I've hidden myself mm-hmm. away for four days, um, to get in the zone, the auto zone. Of kind of the creative mind doing nothing but work. I've uh, given Sam my Facebook password, and honestly, Sam, I, I may not want you to tell my password ever to me. Oh. Because before I got to tell you this, I know this isn't film news, but Facebook is so dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I get my news and I get I'm, my messaging for Facebook, but for the most part, it's. It's people just like, I mean, I know there's two different opinions, but it's really dumb opinions, you know, of uh, like yeah. the coronavirus. Yes, because yeah, here's the thing: Facebook is only now for old people, and a lot of the old people I know um, do not believe or really trust science full heartedly. Which is yeah. a very sad, 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 sad thing for our society. I uh, I can't believe we haven't had a president who's a scientist yet. Well, no, I can believe it. But I, one day I hope we get a scientist who's president, you know, mm-hmm. instead of a business person. Yeah. Anyways. That's, um, that was, uh, so that what was about so- news? Uh, that was news about me, I guess. Uh, news in general. Well, like, uh, sorry, I prefaced that because I've been out of the loop 
for uh, the four days, so I haven't really oh. checked out what's going so you on. Have no news. I have no news. Um, news. Yes. Uh, what's something that's happened? I feel like there's something. I mean, obviously, something has happened. Um, oh, uh, 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 <laughs> you know, okay, so here's, uh, here's some news. Some theaters are, um, at least the theater near me, um, allowed you to rent out an entire theater for 50 bucks and watch, um, a selection of movies. I so, heard about that in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, so movie theaters, I think, are trying, you know, everybody's trying to figure out these kind of, like, how do we stay alive schemes, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, we can't. If we can't have huge groups of people, how do we get around it? So they're getting all their brightest minds together to figure out this latch stitch death sentence. You know, food industries, movie industries, small businesses are hemorrhaging at the spleen. Mm. Um, so I think that's kind of like that was like a cool thing. I, I did it. Um, I will. I won't say what movie I watched till the end because it was great to see in theaters. But it was an experience. And I got to tell you, Sam, um, seeing a movie without – it was the first movie uh, experience and I would say, five years. No, you know what? Since 10 years that I haven't seen a cell phone. Wow. Because there's always some bozo who treats a movie like his own freaking house. Mm-hmm. And pull out their cell phone and go, ooh, do do do, I gotta touch my email. And you know, this is the same. This is with friends that I've been with, everybody. And they look you in the face and they say, oh yeah, yeah, I agree. I hate cell phone people. And then they pull out their cell phone right next to you. And yeah. You go, what the hell? I'm trying to find any news. No, not any news. There's some. There's this. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. Um. So that I, I'm just saying, uh, in news, uh, theaters are trying to stay alive, and I think that's yeah. They pushed back thing. some. They've pushed back um, tenant. They've pushed back. The Oscars are going to be very interesting. Oh, the Myers are going to even. Well, be. I don't think they're doing the Oscars this year. This year? Yeah, I think they're not doing it. Um, yeah. trying to think what else. Not much has happened. I mean, it's kind of dead in the water. I mean, you could talk about gossip stuff all the time. There's always yep. some kind of weird gossip going around. Oh, like what? Like people are um, eating each other in each other's houses? No, I mean, well, there was an interview. There was like, <laughs> I forget on what thing, but Will Smith and um. Oh yeah, Jada Smith. Beta Smith. His Jada. Jada. His wife. Yes. Um. Yeah, give that good gossip. Well, they they were just kind of going off Jada Pinkett's. Pinkett Smith, um, they were just kind of going off about um, them cheating on each other. <laughs> and, See, this um, is what I'm talking about, incestuous. Well, I mean, I imagine that happens in the real world. I but still don't think you have the right word. For I that, have exactly. But... The, I'm saying everybody sleeps with each other in Hollywood. It's mm. it's just like, hey, Joey, want to sleep with my wife? Yeah, as long as I get to sleep with you first. And like, okay, um, you bring the cheese dip. Um, that kind of stuff. And, like, do you mind if my butler watch? Of course. It's not Hollywood without a butler watching. And then, like, good show, good show. Um, Actually, on Will Smith, there's a thing. I think in that, like, speech that he gave or, you know, word spewing he gave, 
Um, he said, or something, there's a speculation that uh, Margot Robbie, um, the reason why Will Smith isn't in this new James Gunn Suicide Squad is because of Margot Robbie. Maggot Robbie? Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. It's not hard. Margot. 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 Margot Robbie. Um, but you know what? I got to tell you, the first Suicide Squad was such flaming garbage. I wouldn't care if they were all gone, to tell you the truth. Will Smith had, like, one emotion. You know, he was very straight. I, here's my thing. I don't think – I really don't think Will Smith's that great of an actor. I think he was great. He I was think, a 90s actor. He's a 90s – but here's the thing. I think he's a good – I hate to say it, but I like he's a, a character. Well, I think he's a B movie actor, but like a B movie in a listing, like in Independence Day, he was great because he he was hamming it up. And you know, I think he was probably I've never seen it, um, but the Bad Boys, those are those are caricatures. You know, they're not really, they're you know like like here we go again kind of cops. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're not real. It's not a character study. Um. I've seen little clips and pieces from uh, his greatest movie, Hitch. Um, and I've ne- no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, what is that? Pursuit of Happiness. And, I mean, it's it's you know it's it's good, but I just mm-hmm. don't. He doesn't sell it for me. And whatever he was yeah. selling in, in Suicide Squad, the lines one every single line in Suicide Squad did not hit at all. It was all garbage, which is why I have a bad taste in my ma- mouth to watch uh, Harley Quinn and the longest yeah, title Yeah, but I ever. heard it's pretty good. I've also heard it's really good. Um, but but it's like eating like one sandwich, and the last chef, you know, gave you it was full of crap, little crap, and now there's this new chef who's like emerald. And it's like, oh no, don't worry, it's the same recipe but without the crap. It's like, yeah, but I just, I was traumatized by eating shit. Like, mm. you know, it's hard, it's hard to get being traumatized. That's a great analogy. Thank you. Um, uh, I'm just looking up. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much has actually happened uh, news wise. So maybe we should just move on to our topic. No news is good news. I mean, it's not really true for films, though. I feel like. Yeah. Well, I will say this. Some kind of news. Um, HBO Max is uh, coming, or like, is out. They're hitting also, up. Also, Hamilton just. I think maybe we talked about this last time, but Hamilton's on Disney Plus. All right. I haven't watched it because I'm not watching Disney Plus. Really, you um, you are truly banning of all Disney Plus or like Disney. I think uh, Disney is a cancer on the industry. I think. Uh, yeah, but you want you, you know, have we it right. Things through our money. Do what? you have Do you have Disney Plus or the family no. that you're staying with? Oh, okay. No. Well, there you go. Never mind. I have not. I I do not own Disney Plus. Well, here's the thing. You get Disney Plus if you have Verizon. You get it for a year. Um. So we have Disney Plus. Thing is. Is now that I have uh, three other roommates in the house now, um, which I've now realized is kind of a bad idea. Uh, I never, nobody wants to watch Hamilton or take it seriously, and I want to sit down and really enjoy it. You know, have like a family movie. Can you watch it on your laptop? Anyways, I don't have Disney Plus. I don't want to get into. But they have Disney Plus. They have Disney Plus, but I need to get the. Oh wait, hold on. What am I talking? 
Wait a minute. I just realized I do have Disney Plus. I'm the one who's paying the Verizon bill. Hot wow, dog. Dunce. Anyways, Six um, let's talk about the topic. Um, what is this topic? It this is, topic. well, it's my, I'm passionate <gasps> about getting to the topic for Project. today. Since Project. Since we've had Project really nothing to talk mouth. about news-wise. Um, Project what? Passion what projects. Pres- oh. Passion, passion projects. I'm passionate about talking about passion projects. They're a dime a dozen. They are... There's many of them out there, and I just want to read this little quote from a Vanity Fair um, uh, article. Let me get there first, though. Oh yeah, here it is. When I hear when I hear passion project, the first thing I'm thinking is, how am I going to get out of this? Says the successful movie producer with a long track record of studio hits and award fair who asked not to be identified. When a director says they have a passion project, depending on who the director is, you know that this is a project they haven't been able to get made themselves. Nobody wants to make it, and now they're looking for someone to help them push that giant boulder uphill. So I thought that was kind of an interesting... Because my first connotation with passion projects is a good movie. You know, you think... If a a director has... um, you know, run through the gauntlet and like is now able to make something that he or she is passionate about, you know, this is going to be amazing because it's like we've seen a director hold back and be controlled by studios and now we get to see them, they're completely shine. shine. Um, but sometimes, and I think more times than not, that's not the case. Uh, passion projects can be flops no they can't be flops just be by for box office because it's not commercial but because it's not good well Um, you know it's funny so to to get to understand you know get a sense or remember some of the things uh, um that we talk about i looked up like passion projects like the passion projects of the hollywood and one of the passion projects that i saw on it, the list is from mandatory. It's called the ten best and worst passion projects to come out of Hollywood since two thousand. I'm looking through it. I'm I'm thinking, oh, this makes sense. And the one that's the best, which is number seven, is the last witch project, which I which stars Vin Diesel. And I heard that was abysmal, like yeah. really bad. And apparently, Vin Diesel also like I I talked to some people who worked on it. Apparently, Vin Diesel's like a dick. Yeah, like he's a, he well. he showed up like an hour late to set every day. He's very very. They had a film scenes, like he he did the bare minimum of his work. Um, so to me that that sounds it sounds like a garbage film. So I don't know what the hell this per. It's always weird to see reviews that make absolutely no sense. Which yeah. means you know some people I who think- have power. Um, are don't know what they're doing. Which hopefully we I think know. Maybe what we're we doing. should des- describe real quickly. I think I want out to define the difference between a passion project and a debut film. Um, because I think it's it's separate. Um, because I, I was seeing some lists that was saying, you know, smoking cigarette or what is it, coffee and cigarettes. The uh, P. T. Anderson's short that got him famous was a passion project oh see i I have i guess it is it is passion project because you know 
it's it's completely yours and you're it's it's what you're trying to do but i don't think it's really the same thing as a passion project for me a passion project is um whenever you are um a passion project is whenever you've been like in the studio system for so long or not even so long but you've made one or two for the studio you or maybe not even for the studio but it was definitely like much more commercial you were trying to make a commercial thing and then you take a huge risk and make a movie that is completely unconventional um, but something you are very passionate about and it's really your like the director or maybe a small group of people are really the only people pushing it up the hill um yeah but i think a, a debut film i mean it is it is it's kind of like how um a square is a rectangle but a rectangle isn't a square mm. it's like a passion project like a debut film is a passion project but or yeah a debut film is a is a passion project but a passion project well there's is not there's always those the, there's always that one famous line where it's like one for the studio one for you which yeah in usually is stereotypically known for uh martin scorsese where he'll do you know um your your studio films kind of like um geez it seems like all like departed i'm trying to well, I was about yeah, to departed. say. I'm trying to think like which one of his like bringing out the dead, um, like some of his. But I think Departed stuff. is a perfect example because Departed is. I mean, that's what won him the Oscar. It was very commercial with all of these stars. It was like it's one of the most star-studded casts I've seen. Right. And you know these films as well. It's not like they don't want to do them. Like these big directors, especially, they can pick and choose whatever but they also know I was about that to I'm looking at his what? IMDb and I don't really see any movie that doesn't I mean I guess that's the sign of a good director but really all these do seem very him like yeah. a- Alice doesn't live here anymore I would say it was a studio film that doesn't really seem like but though I mean his early stuff I don't know. It's kind of hard for me. I, I when I think of the passion film, I'm, I am thinking like one for them, one for me, kind of back and forth. Like when you're first starting out, like Alice doesn't live here anymore. He was still fairly indie, right? Like was that before or after? Yeah, no, that's that's the movie right after Mean Streets. Yeah, he was still fairly indie. And at that point, he was still getting produced solely by like John Cassavetes and... Well, he, uh, yeah. Brand that, and other people. That's why Alice doesn't live any, here anymore. I feel like is the one movie I would say that doesn't feel like a Martin Scorsese movie, but still is really good. Um, just because, but the, yeah, it, it involves, you know, a single mother who wants yeah. to go out with, um, um, Chris Car, Chris, but those, Christopherson, those films, I wouldn't say a passion film, like for him, for Scorsese, like what I'm seeing, and I hate to, talk about scorsese because it's kind of cliche yes but scorsese um he his passion film was last temptation of christ right that was his passion film because he really struggled getting that made and it was very unconventional like no one was like wanting to get it done and he finally got the money and he was i saw like he was talking about like that's one of the biggest regrets of his life or not a regret but that's like the one movie he's Oh, that's the on. one movie. That's the one movie he's not really satisfied with because he was imagining Last Temptation of Christ of being like this epic 
film and he only got a certain like the budget was not really high at all um you know it's funny about that film that movie is fantastic but you kind of have to look past the fact that all the disciples are all like white brooklyn guys yeah, well, like I you mean, have, that's a lot of whitewashing Jesus in general. I mean, if we want to get yeah, into an argument, well, he's I mean, not a white man. No, he's not, but I'm just, I'm saying, like, li- like literally all of his disciples, I mean, Judas, for goodness sake, is Harvey Cattell, who's going like, hey, Jesus, what are you doing here? Or, or, um, that's, that's a horrible What are you doing? <laughs> like, oh, Jesus, what are you doing here with all your confidence? Like... I can't do a Brooklyn accent. It just becomes. But if we're also gonna get into, um, uh, like those 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 seventies directors that um, have a passion, because I think people think once you get to a certain point as a director, you can just make whatever movie you want. Um, but a classic incident or in, not instance is when um, Scorsese or not Scorsese Spielberg. At the same time, he was doing Jurassic Park 2 as he was doing Schindler's Schindler's List. Um, So that was, like, definitely one for the studio. I'm sure he didn't really want to do Jurassic Park 2, but he did it so... Because he's been wanting to do Schindler's List for a while now, like, throughout the 80s. And he did it so the studios would finally accept... um, That he's a serious actor. (laughs) Director. Spielberg. Yeah. Well, they would finally accept that that he can do that, like he can do Schindler's List, since it was such a so that he got more, much more liberty because he was doing one for the studios. Um, I mean, those are two of the most big, famous examples. Um, other examples that are were successful um, were Malcolm X, for example. Uh, that was definitely a passion project well, by the Spike. One, the Spike one that, Lee. that I, whenever, so I always, at least in college, I was very like, in, very into like the filmmakers who like died for their, like really gave all in. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people I know don't think that's the case. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's literally crazy to give all, like literally your blood, sweat, and tears uh, you know, there's unions and such for that, so you don't die on set. But the guy who I always found so fascinating, who seemed like every project was his passion project, and he was going to give his arm and a leg for his movies, was uh, Werner Herzog. Uh, in the yeah, 80s Fitz, and the, Fitzgerald? Yeah, Fitzcarraldo. Fitzcarraldo? Margaret Robbie. Um, no, Fitzcarraldo. Yeah, which, I mean, a lot of his movies, I mean... Um, what was the one, The Wrath of the Gods, Yuri, Yurgi in The Wrath yeah. of the Gods? That was another passion project where they went out into the jungle and, you know, really made a... He bu- stole a camera for that. He sta- Well, yeah. Well, I'll take your word for it. But Fitzcarraldo... Yeah, yeah, he stole a camera for Wrath of the Gods. Um, which I didn't think is... He just, like, went off into the mountains, like, how are we going to get this beautiful scene? Well, let's just go there. And Fitzcarraldo... There's a whole beautiful documentary called The Burden The Burden of Dreams. Yeah, The Burden of Dreams, directed by Lee's Blank, um, about the documentation of Fitzcarraldo. And I mean, it's the whole thing of like pushing a book the metaphor of like making a great movie, like the movie you want is like pushing a, a boat over a mountain. 
and that's exactly what Werner Herzog did. He literally pushed. He needed a he needed a scene where they pushed a a huge like carousel boat. I don't know what it's called. The one with the spinning back. It's very southern. It seems, but pushed it over a hill, and I just thought that was a triumph of his will. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah. Wait. Take that back. Not triumph of his will. <laughs> he is German, <laughs> but uh, you know, a, um, a success of his determination. There we go. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's also safe to say uh, you that, have to be that it's very rare for these directors to actually make a film that is. Uh, I mean, all of these directors have had passion projects that have also been flops as well oh yeah um, do you have an example of that because i i'm actually looking at one right now well go ahead say it so one that actually tanked but still was a, a passion project was um the grindhouse series the two movies by robert rodriguez and quentin tarantino quentin mm -hmm. tarantino i mean he's a very vain man very very egotistical uh there's a there's a short in the movie um, uh, The Four Rooms, where Quentin Tarantino directs a part of one of the rooms, and he plays himself as a director. And that director, I swear, is like, I feel like exactly how Quentin Tarantino actually acted in real life. So he had all this success until, like, Grindhouse, which apparently flopped big time. Like, it was a big time, didn't do well in the box office. It was one of those, those, um, cult classics where people picked it up later and realized oh this is this is pretty fun this is pretty good but no one went to see it and everybody and he says people didn't get it um yeah they they weren't ready he he thought everybody was a film enthusiast because all of his movies are basically ripping off every other movie but he made it his own these were like really grungy and not really commercial so it yeah. was a passion project of his, but it was almost <laughs> it was almost too much of him, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, and then also, I mean, for instance, um, Judd Apatow. I mean, I don't really like any of his films, Not but really. I guess some people do. But one that was considered a flop, even amongst his fans, is Funny People, um, which was kind of his... Um, him trying, ironically because it's called Funny People, I think it was his movie trying to be serious and talk about the seriousness of funny people. Right. Um, Doesn't someone have cancer or something? That's like... Yeah, Adam Sandler has some disease. He's dying or something. Of I don't course. Know. Uh, yeah, he's, he's deathly ill. Oh, and Seth um, Rogen's in it. Yeah, Ooh, but you know. that's an example of a film that was a huge passion project that really... I mean, obviously didn't ruin Judd Apatow's career, but I think it was something that maybe he thought people would not think of him as this kind of dorky, testosterone, comedic writer, director, and that movie did not help. Um, did you see it? Have you seen that movie? I've never seen it, no. I also but, feel, um, I feel like This is 40, which is another one of his movies, I felt... At least from the trailer, it looked like it was supposed to be like, oh, man, I'm old, but I can still be funny. Also, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at Judd Apatow's IMDb, 
and um, two instances of his. Uh, he he likes the age forty. You have the forty-year-old version, and you have this is forty. Virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I misspoke. Well, ver- the forty-year-old version was actually um, Steve Carell's idea. Oh really? It was a um. Yeah, it was a. Uh, he was. It whenever whenever he was in Second City, oh. he had this this idea like he had like this skit he did, um, the forty year old version, yeah. and then Judd Apatow I guess was like, hey, I want to do a movie with you. What's something like, that's funny? Don't touch me. And he was like, yeah, but originally it was the fifty year old version, but then Judd Apatow was like, make it forty. We got a deal. Because <laughs> I want to do that. I think here's the thing. I think his you know you know how there's the Marvel universe and the in the grindhouse universe like the i think there should be the 40 the 40 verse and i think there needs to be a fourth a third movie to complete the trilogy you had the fir- the 40 year old version this is 40 and then the last one should be like like 40 and loving it or like for like it's it's 40 com- and loving it or like 40 and i'm dead but now Judd up until is past 40 so yeah yeah, he's uh he's an old man. I think um another great instance of a passion project that kind of uh bit the dirt. Wait, why is my audio so bit low? The dirt, bite the dirt. Bit Call the me dirt. Out. Oh, it's all the way down. I should probably keep it down there and then just boost the audio. I've been saying that. Oh well, this will be kind of quiet, but. Um, yes. The the best example is um this film uh or one a good example is this film called um Heaven's Gate. Oh. Heaven's Gate um is a great example of a, end a passion of... project that went bad because in the seventies there was a lot of directors who um directors have had a lot more um what's the word they had a lot more autonomy control than they do autonomy. Yeah, autonomy, control. They had a lot more uh, than they do now, um, which is essentially... Well, they, I mean, they have some control now, but in the 70s, directors had... Studios were like, go ahead, do it. And this was the movie that kind of ended that because it bombed so bad. Um, and this was the Michael Chiamino? The guy who did... Um, uh, Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter. Yeah, Deer the Hunter. director of Deer Hunter, which is a major hit um and um they gave him a blank check to make whatever movie he want he made heaven's gate and it did so bad at the box office that it ended that spree to be fair it's you know it's it's not like blaming yoko ono for breaking up the beatles uh it was already kind of falling like the whole thing um but this was the movie that was like the last straw and it's like we're done we're we're not doing anymore so that's a, a major instance of uh, a flop coming from um, a passion project. You, you know, it's funny. So, I, I looked up, I wanted to see, because Blink Check, I feel like, also can be interpreted as a passion project movie. And so I wanted to, I looked up Blink Check movies, and apparently, of course, there's a movie called Blank Check. And all it, all it says is it's, it's a very, it's a kid's movie, but it's super creepy. Ooh, did well in That's the box weird. office. Anyway, also a podcast called Blank Check, which is kind of interesting. Yes, that that podcast I haven't listened to it, but it's a it's a very 
interesting idea. Like if you had, what, what's the whole concept? Well, it's the whole thing with blank checks. Maybe we should do an episode on blank checks. Blank checks. It's kind of the, it's like passion, but it's passion projects that have complete support by studios. So it's a version of passion projects. Um, like debut films are a version of passion projects. So blank checks are just like studios are like, you can like Joker, for instance, that was a blank check. Really? They were like, yeah, they were just like Todd Hayes is Universal's baby. And they were just like, you want to make a movie about Joker? Literally. Why Todd, why Todd Phillips? It's Todd Phillips. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I just, I don't, I feel like that he was trying to be a serious director and succeeded. I will say, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a big fan, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, oh. um, Sorry. Okay. Are you okay? But no, I mean, the, there's, we went through some of the biggest examples of, of failed slash successful passion projects. Um, I also wanted to go over some of the passion projects that, um, oh, here's an example of one though that did that there's a few more passion products that actually succeeded. And I think that's kind of the trade-off is passion projects. Well, I think it's, there's a good chance that it's probably not going to do well. Um, at least box office wise. Um, they, they, they can really redefine cinema, um, whenever you, you are doing something that you really want to do. Um, and some like instances Citizen Kane. of passion Citizen projects. Citizen Kane is a, that, a passion project. Citi- that's one of them. Citizen Kane, that is a huge passion project. Um, Citizen Kane is one. Titanic is one. Um, Inception is a big one. Um, Christopher Nolan had just finished um, his three Batman, you know, one for the studio Batman movies. Here you go. And then he was like, I'm going to make a movie about implanting a memory in someone's mind. I will say, from what I heard, actually, Christopher Nolan was the one who came up with the idea of trying to reboot the Batman franchise. Like, it was, yeah, his, but... it was his way of thinking of like, ah, you know what? I know Tim Burton made it gritty, but let's make it real. Yeah, but I, I don't know if you wanted to do the third one as well. And like the... It's it's not like these directors. I'm sure, like these big directors. I'm sure they're not um, being forced. It's not like like with jobs where it's like I have to make have a job to make money or to have influence or something like this. These big directors they can really pick and choose. But I also think they know, like Titanic or for Alien Two, um, James Cameron comes up to the to the um chalkboard well, yeah. draws a giant john draws a giant two and then puts two slashes through it so now it's a dollar sign and he was just like that's why we're making a second one and but he's doing this not not to like make money he's doing it because he he knows that he can put a voice to it he has he has something to say james so, cameron yeah well with uh well, aliens too or aliens, rather. I'm just thinking, you know, Avatar was definitely his passion project, but you know that was definitely a passion. Something project, I but it can paid off. I I can know all too well. Avatar two, I think he's being a little too passionate about. Um, yeah, it's taking forever for him to make, and he's got the time and money. He, he better be 
like making some sort of interdimensional like we become the avatars in the avatar movie you know yeah. like he, he better be making true science with this thing here's some examples though of films that um from directors that are probably that have not been made yet passion projects that have not been made yet or it might not ever be made um here's a film called ronnie rocket which is a um david lynch idea um that he had right after Eraserhead, but um he says uh after 40 years since the he first got the idea lynch believes he probably will never make the film what is that movie about it's about um, one part detective, a procedural, one part rock and roll musical featuring a three foot tall man powered by electricity, one part unsettling exploration of odd rooms and creepy landscapes. I don't know what the plot is. It seems more like a mood board. I don't know. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and I would love. But, I would love a. I would love David Finn. Uh, David, sorry, David. Um, Lynch to come back to making movies instead of this kind of really weird TV show, which but apparently, I mean, some which of these, is pretty good. But you hear some of these ideas and you're like, this sounds like incredible. Like apparently, um, Sofia Coppola wants to make a little mermaid movie. Oh, I thought that um, was already in the productions. No, I mean, she's right now making a film called, um, little mermaid <laughs> on the rocks. No, on the rocks. Ooh. It's another Bill Murray film oh, with nice. her. Um, she also, or another one, for example, is, do you know the book Harold and the Purple Crayon? Yeah, no, I think that could get really trippy. It's about a boy who has a magical crayon and can literally do anything. Well, this, Spike Jones would agree with you because Spike Jones wants to make that movie. But it, well, hasn't okay. had any. So Spike, here's the thing. I guess I've never seen it, but Where the Wild Things Are is apparently a very good movie. Yeah. Um, but I could see... Harold and the Magic Purple Crayon, whatever it's called, I could see that being like a horror movie, almost, or like a messed up psychological movie, because it's a boy who I assume has horrible parents, uh, because you never see them, and this kid goes on wacky, like crazy, like he gets in a, he makes a storm, he he creates his own problems in the books with this magic thing. Yeah. Um, so I think there's some real. Si- I mean, Spike Jones isn't gonna make a kid like a true kids movie. It's gonna have some underlying. Like I remember, he threw in a divorcee problem in uh, where the wild things are. So it's gonna yeah. open up, and like the kid's gonna be gonna have cancer or something. And this is all in his mind. The last one I was gonna say is um, there's a del- there's a um, H.P. Lovecraft book called At the Mountain of Madness which um del toro really wants to make something of um the script is written the project was shopped around but no studios wanted a piece of it by 2012 del toro announced the project was dead citing the fact that scott's prometheus was way too similar and the universal should wouldn't allow him to do an r-rated film so things die well here's the thing also sometimes passion projects you need time to do it. it not time sorry you need to wait for the technology to catch up so james cameron i think that's what's happening is he's he's thinking of a world a crazy world and just the technology hasn't been invented that's what he did with the last avatar but 
a movie that um, we could do a whole other series about movies that never got made because studio killed it, the director died. But one of them was Stanley Kubrick. His one of the movies he wanted to do, and I think was doing or like writing on it, um, wanted to do was AI, the artificial intelligence, which, uh-huh. as we all know, Steven Spielberg uh, uh, picked up. Um, and did it for him, and I, I believe Steven Steven Spielberg on Stanley Kubrick's dying bed was like, "I'll do it for you, Stanley," and then shoved the knife in, making sure he yeah. said, "I'll make sure I do." Ah, yeah. Ah, 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 ah. Shine this, but, uh, clockwork boy. Um, no, but the, so I'm reading here that Stanley Kubrick, uh, he he want he always. He wanted he wanted to make the AI movie since uh, ever ever since the good old 70s but the uh, the technology just wasn't there yet uh, which imagine that kind of like tripe or that that incestuous feeling stop <laughs> saying that word sorry that that <laughs> that was just to annoy you uh, no that just that feeling to that you want to make a movie but you you can't and I imagine the seventies, that one must have been really annoying because CGI wasn't perfected yet. Um, yeah. which makes me think what technology could couldn't I do with in this world? Like say I wanted to I mean anything's possible but now with CGI. Now it's just a race to make CGI too real. But that's why I'm always for artificial intelligence. I mean not sorry, not artificial intelligence, but um, realistic stuff. Well, I think now we're in that phase, as with information, where we have too much of everything that we kind of have to pick and choose and being like, you know, the, the Jurassic Park thing, should we? You never stopped and asked yourself, should we be doing it? So I think we now kind of, I mean, with enough money, obviously, like I couldn't make a Jurassic Park now, but we can kind of do whatever we want. But should we have made Cats the movie? I don't think so. No, and I think so, like like Jurassic Park, which is why I think in another episode, I, I think Jurassic Park is the great metaphor for itself. The whole saying of, like, you never, you never, you, all you did was thought about, like, if we could, but never stopped to think if we should. Now, for Jurassic yeah. Park, that is true. But what Steven Spielberg and... Uh, um, Lucas, I F, you know the, his his company, his special effects company. Yes. What they what they unleashed onto the world, when gripped into the hands of madmen and mad women, um, creates you know laziness, and people are raised on that and think it's mm-hmm. good. Um. Not well, women. maybe we should transition now to. Things that we think are good. are good that we've seen, or that we've seen. Um, yeah. Would you like to go first, my docile dumpling well, of I a mean, brother? Well, I mean, any last notes on passion projects? Um, I love them. I love a passion project. You can really see a director trying, and for those that do fail, which is why I kind of want to watch Heaven's Gate now by Michael Cimino, mm-hmm. uh, just because I know this was supposed to be like the movie that be all end all movie but it's three hours and 39 minutes i think that's i think that's the longest 
movie I would ever see. Mm-hmm. Except for maybe like watching Shoa. But I haven't yeah, seen that. Hours. Um, so Scorsese's daughter, um, Francine or something, or I forget her name. Fran is her short name. Um, she did like an AMA on Instagram, and um, someone asked her what her favorite movies were, oh. <laughs> and it was like I saw that. What what, what is it? And one of them was Showa, which is like yeah, sure, it's probably a good movie, but I just feel like that's such a. Uh, you know, a film. I don't know. I feel like she had to say that. Well, no, she didn't have to. I just, it's a to weird. To says he's daughter. I don't even know if that would be um, Martin Scorsese's favorite movie. Yeah, well, it's, he it, likes everything that's, like, from the 40s. Like, he would only pick things from, like, the 40s or something. I watched an interview with him, and he he's said that he doesn't really watch new movies anymore. But he yeah, loves. I can imagine. Thing, he loves. Martin Scorsese says he loves Ad Astra's movies. The Hereditary. Not Ad Astra. It's not his name. <laughs> not, yeah, you're right. Um, the guy. Okay, sorry. The guy who does Hereditary, um, Midsummer. Yes. Um, his name is Ari Aster. Ari Aster. He loves those movies. He thinks. I just. It's weird to see like why he loved it so much i i mean it's good it just those movies did not hit me no i get it i get i get why he would like it but but there's so many other i mean it did seem different it just doesn't hit me i don't know you all know, right that's why I, we should I, talk about the movies we we watched though because we're running out of time okay i will um, say i, I movie... do i do want to say something real quick i think my kids will look at the movies that i didn't like much differently because it's had history yeah Okay. So the movie that I was watching this week uh, was this movie called Husbands. Mm, I've been and I've been to watching see that. it for the past two days. It's a John Cassavetes film that came out in 1970, and it's crazy because the film, the more and more I'm watching John Cassavetes films, the more and more I'm seeing how he and Peter Falk have this way of acting in which they're just. They, they like hit each other. It's like a weird. It's like a drunken each other. They love yelling. They at love each other. just being spontaneous, like doing things just completely spontaneously, like completely improvised. Just I, I think going just. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a bit of husbands and I've seen a little bit of uh, Mickey, Nikki and Mickey. Mickey, yeah. Um, and they, I mean, it seemed it probably was revolutionary for the time, but I actually. I don't. I don't think those relationships are that. I don't like that kind of relationship between people where they're just. They're just like, like, what's the matter with you? I need that coffee. Okay, I'll get the coffee. This kind of like, well, it's it's natural, things, but I don't think it's healthy. <laughs> one of the things that at least this is how Criterion Collection is is is, um, framing it is it's the movie is about the destruction of masculinity, um. And I can see that. Like, it, the film is about these three husbands who are kind of running away from their wives, just doing random stuff. Because their friend died. Because their friend, yes. Th- there's three of them, and they had a fourth. Fr- it begins with a funeral where they're going to the fourth friend's funeral. And then they just um, get drunk and play basketball. I, I they haven't get finished. so drunk. And they just, the, the whole movie, they're just getting more and more drunk, and they're just talking about how they don't like the other person. But then the other person, like, confronts them about it. And they're just like, this guy is amazing. 
this guy's amazing. Oh, that sounds like all Peter Falk. Like, that's Peter Falk, yeah. He's just like, this guy's amazing. This guy. And Peter Falk gets random, like, randomly naked. Like, there's this one scene where they're going, and it's actually a really cool scene. They're going around <laughs> a room around the table, and they're, like, telling everyone to sing a song. Oh, yeah. And they're, like, singing. And some of them, they're just like, that's cute, that's cute. And, like, they all have different reactions to each one. And you could tell it's completely improvised because every single one of them, they have, like, a different reaction. And then there's this one woman who they are immediately like, that's terrible, that's terrible. And they're the, the, all three of them just get so violent with her and are, like, yelling at her and, like, being like, you gotta put it on it. And then they, like... They're just so intense with her, and I'm like, poor woman. Like, even if this is improv, she's probably like, that's, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I've you're seen, just yelling at me. I've seen, I think, almost all the only movie I haven't seen Gloria and Love Streams of like John Cassavetes, like class, like his great movies. Um, and I gotta tell you, I love Shadows, and I love a woman under the. Inf- I love the a woman. The, yeah, the I gotta watch that. That's it's that his okay. Best. So this is the thing about John Cassavetes' movie is, for a lack of a better word, they're very raw. Like you said in Husbands, it seems like he has a story, and then it's just like, act how you actually would act. And for some reason, he gets a lot of people who are um, into adultery and yell. There's always a lot of yelling, and there's always, like, quick turns. Like, someone will be, like, making a joke, like, 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 yeah, they're really good. But, you know... If only they were less smelly, and then they'll go on and on about, like, they'll go into, like, that uncomfortable mode. What's which, interesting to me is it, his makes whole me thing very is about being natural, Yeah. but it, but seems, it, always ends unna- up- it seems unnatural how, because it seems like they're just trying to cause conflict, like, that's, like, they're just, like, make a conflict up, and it seems like, wait, why is this? Do they it, ever just calm down? It, it's like, do so, they ever just take a moment and just like take a breath? That's the thing. Like, I feel like his... why why is it? It seems like so improvised, but everybody he knows has such anger management and, and alcoholic like, ends. <laughs> like try to choose. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like. It would be interesting to see a improvisational movie of John Cassavetes, but with the cast of the Wiggles. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like. <laughs> What would they do? It's just like, let's go get a salad. All right. Uh, what kind of salad? In that John Cassavetes movie, <laughs> it would be like, <laughs> you get the fucking salad because I can't get the wrench because or my like wife Peter is dying. Folk would like lean, Peter Folk would like lean in and just be like staring at John Cassavetes. With his one like, lazy eye. Yeah, with his one lazy eye. And, right. he, and like John Cassavetes would still be talking and Peter Folk would just be staring at him and he'd be like, I love you. Set the salad. And then I, he would be like, oh, and he has a, okay. <laughs> I wish you folks at home could be seeing this. They're, they have an exact, like, Peter Falk has a way of, like, like, like I told you. He always moves his. He and he does, always does this. Oh, which uh, what Sam just did like, is he, he did an L with his hand, but it's a oh, flat yeah, hand. And he rubs his thumb on his forehead. It's like a full on. It's a very starch way of rubbing your head but a way of like kind of almost domination um he does that a lot in colombo um no i need to finish husband um don't think we have much time left zach oh okay so what i'll say thing i got um hbo max just for like a seven day trial because i wanted to watch uh 
JQ Quintels, uh, J, uh, J, JG Quintels, um, new animated series called Close Enough, which he's the guy who did a uh, regular show. Um, and it's good. I really enjoyed um, Close Enough. The only thing that I don't like about it is basically the entire show is about how being 30 is old. Which makes me sad because I'm about four years away from 30. Like that's the entire, almost the entire plot is it's about 35 year olds who have a kid and they're like, oh, I'm so tired, but they're they're young, and I, it's just a it's a weird perspective to see that. Yeah, and it's unsettling too because I grew up, but not grew up, but I grew in my teens watching regular show, and that's about like 23 year old somethings. Now the same guy, who about like single, anamorphic creatures, is making a show about how he's 35 and he feels like he's dead or like he's close to death. Anyways, which is, how, note, which is how I feel about life. I think we're out of time. Zach's about to die. <laughs> um, but uh, Godspeed, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, uh, we'll have another episode next week. Stay clean, Spider-Man. All right. Bye. Bye. That's golden and brilliant without illumination Your mouth's a constellation The stars are in your eyes I'll take a spaceship and try and go and find you I won't hurt you, I won't hurt you Strike me with your lightning, bring me down.